Blog Talk Radio. A podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Here we go. And here we are. (laughs) Yes, this is one of those days where Phoenix and I were sitting in two different locations trying to make a decision, and I know both of us were like, ah, because obviously (laughs) you know by now that this area, along with a lot of California, is, um, have got fires, is on, you know, and so things are a little nerve-wracking, especially for those of us who have gone through a couple of these episodes over the last few years, so... Yeah, here we are, <clears throat> steady as we go, kind of a thing. So that's right. Um, yeah, I figure that was my monologue for the for the moment of jumping into this. I figure, you know, whether I say, "What was your week like?" It's kind of I can say <laughs> that and let you talk how you feel. I think that will be the better part than assuming we have a bunch of stuff to say. But whatever it is, how was your week? Yeah, you know, um, it's been a really weird week. I have, you know, obviously we're being heavily impacted by fire. And although at the present moment, my home and business are not in immediate danger, that could easily change. Uh, It's not that far away, you know, so that's that's a lot. And I also have... um, some family things going on with, you know, with COVID and my, my grandmother lives in a, a facility and an old older folks facility. And there's, there's now COVID in her facility. And I have another grandparent who has a terminal illness and it's taken a turn for the worse. And, you know, so it's just like all the things are happening this week and it's, it's stupid and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's very, it's very smoky outside. It smells like smoke, and it's the color is is off. And so, like I, right now, I'm looking. I'm sitting in my kitchen, and I'm looking out the back door, and there is um, a little copse of trees that I was like, is that on fire? Because it, the color looks so weird. I've never noticed it before, but it's because of the smoke. It's making everything look different. So it's it's just really weird times. And you know, you add all of this. I'm like, I I was joking with myself yesterday, like, I miss when there was just the pandemic to worry about. So, yeah, it's just a lot. It feels like a lot today. It's um, it's just a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I know that what we have, how am I doing? Ah. Well, (laughs) other than the fact that it took me several minutes to pull my extension ladder out of the place where now it had been for probably 13 years, 14 years since I moved in here. And quite frankly, um, it's got dirt and 
sleeves and all kinds of shit. So when I got through with it, my skirt that I was wearing looked like I had been out in a windstorm or some kind of storm um, because I needed to put it up onto the the roof area against it so that, you know, we need to play fireman, we can. Um, That being said, other than that, uh, the week... The week has actually gone in a very even pace. It's been, you know, intense because of the, the various areas the fires have been. And yet I wound up Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday actually going to work at Lucky Mojo. And they were on the edge of what would be the warning, or the edge, so the warning, uh, until the um, middle of today. And then it became mm-hmm. mandatory. Uh, so that was interesting because not only did we have problems with the, you know, the ash and the smoke and the heat, but their phone lines have been going, they have been steadily declining over the last mm-hmm. three weeks, and I couldn't get my client. <laughs> oh. And I had to, yeah, because unless, before I would have it half ring, and if I jumped on it, I could get the client and we could have you know, a landline conversation. As it progressed, it became to get more difficult. So I had to use my business phone, which is a 3G, which, believe it or not, is totally, it's it's the one they want to get rid of, obviously, but it literally is everywhere. You can do anything and everywhere. And so I was, you know, I'd get them, and then I'd walk backwards into the, uh, yippee office where I do the readings and so that I kept the angle right so I knew I was in the right thing and then finally on Wednesday I gave up it wasn't working so I had to sit outside on a picnic bench that's right in front near the front door plug in a fan have it going towards me put my mask on and do my reading so that was my dedication and then obviously we prepare for the show um I had, you know, certain things I had to do around some doctor's appointments and um, yesterday and then just sat and and tried to maintain um, a certain sense of centeredness because this is yeah. definitely, you know, it, it's one of those. And what we, what actually my roommate and I both noticed is that, and we're on Nixels, I'm on Marin, Napa, Sonoma, I've got, you know, Santa Rosa. I mean, I'm, I've got a lot of them that I put in because I have either my family members are there, friends are there that I love, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that it was unusually quiet. I think the only thing I might be getting occasionally was Napa, but nothing for Sonoma, nothing for Santa Rosa, nothing, zip. And he noticed the same thing. And he said to yeah. me, and I mean, it was weird because it's like they'll send Nixels out for people that are missing, and you'll get three of them, you know? Right. Like, and all of a sudden, this radio silence, and it's unnerving. And yeah. um, so pretty much we were all kind of like going, what the fuck does this mean? And yes, I did use the F word. <laughs> <laughs> So that being said, I guess, you know, ultimately um, when it all comes down to it, I'm, you know, I had a client who, and this is the funny part, I'm sitting here, I had a client before the show who I haven't talked to in several years, and she's in Florida, and I got to find out that she did get married, which is one of her big desires and it was really she's very happy and all and um, then all of a sudden I get all these other people calling and I'm just you know and some of them are in the area and some are not and I'm sitting here going well I will give you this time but I can't guarantee if, depending on what happens so now it's it's kind of a make plans but be ready to change everything so yeah, um, yeah it's interesting yeah so that's it. You know, that's my end of the world. It, um, I'm on, you know, like we all are, pins and needles and trying to just 
be calm and try to, you know, keep a, a flow going. And that's pretty much it. And my, my uh, neighbors all are, you know, like they're kind of just sitting quietly and doing what they need to do. And, um, yeah, so there we are. So totally right. and ready to go if necessary or not, you know. But um, hopefully, as you pointed out, maybe before we were talking on the show, there are marine layers that are supposed to be coming in, and it should help with some of what's going on. So that's where we're at. So we have, yep. we're back on track now with our um, major arcana cards. Yes. I believe oh, our cards today. Yes, and I think at this point it's a good thing to explore the tarot as opposed to anything else. Um, right. Okay, so we've got temperance, which is an interesting card. Yeah, it's kind of a fun one. Yeah, actually, it's and it's interesting. I will say this because for a lot of people, somehow... This is Archangel Raphael, but mm-hmm. in actuality, from the informations, different, differing informations, but this is actually Archangel Michael, which makes actually more sense because it is a fire sign. Temperance is actually Sagittarius, so of course that's mm. why when people talk about Raphael, I'm like, but that's, you know, he's he deals more with air. Anyway, I am going to turn this over to you because you do so well with the, you know, description of the rider deck, and we can, you know, jump into that and then go to our personal decks, and I'll throw in some stuff yeah. about another deck that I learned on, and we'll we'll go from there. Yeah, the, what I like, what is exciting to me about the Temperance card is that I feel like this card a lot more than the others has been reimagined by other tarot artists and um, tarot decks. So that's kind mm-hmm. of fun. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting to see, like, it just, it's curious to me why this card inspires so much shift and change, but I guess, you know, that also kind of makes sense if you look at it, but, you know, we've been using the Rider Waite Smith imagery as our main to focus go to focus and then we're sort of expanding on that to look at some of the different decks and how they might look at it but the in the Rider Waite Smith deck you see an angel uh, who is standing at the edge of a water source it's you know not clear if it's a pond or a river or a lake or what but they're standing at the edge of a water source one of their feet their left foot is in the water and their right foot is on the land uh, they have two cups, one in each hand, and they're pouring water from the left hand, the left cup, into their right hand. Behind them, there are some irises that are yellow and, and some reeds and water. There's a trail to the left of, well, looking at the imagery, it's to the left, it's to their right, but there's a trail that leads behind them into the mountains. Uh, where there's a, a sunrise or sunset and it's all glowing and golden. And also the temperance angel's head is glowing and golden. Um, they have something at their third eye. They have a triangle on their dress. Um, and their wings are pretty big and fat and, um, dark which is also interesting so here we see the um the the temperance angel here and and all of this you know like we've said over and over again the imagery of this card and everything means something Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting you know and this is i guess i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a little kind of look at it, we are looking and saying that the left foot is in the water. But we're looking at it and it is our left. But if you turn oh, it yeah, around... No, you're right. It's the right foot that's in the water. You're right. 
because yeah, I was trying to, you know, well, and it's okay because some, in some ways, that's the, in, in one of the, the exercises I was given when I was learning the tarot was to reverse yourself and become mm-hmm. the image and thus you're looking at it from the actual, you're looking out at the actual card, the, the individual being in that card that's the focal point. And I was thinking about that going, hmm, oh, that's an idea because yeah. you see it that way. But I didn't want to make a, a big, big, big deal out of it. No, I have a really hard time with my lefts and rights. <laughs> I'm, a, I, I'm left-handed, and so I often blame it on being left-handed because I just sort of associate my dominant side with the generic dominant side of the world. So I often get confused and I'll say, like, I know my, my husband knows when we're driving someplace, if I say left or right, he actually checks in with me to confirm I mean left or right. Because I often say (laughs) the opposite of what I mean. Right. Uh, yeah. And so, and then when you're looking at a mirror image of something, it, it makes it even more mind bendy because you have to go, mm-hmm. oh, wait, okay, so that's my left, but the image is right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And and that yeah. I think is because, especially when you're doing a reading or anything, you, you kind of look mm-hmm. at the things and, and you set it up a certain way and, and you deliberately put things in, in specific places or they come that way, they kind of flow that way. But, the card themselves <laughs> is another a whole other thing, and it's it's um, it's interesting because I've always I've always liked the imagery of the two chalices and the the the, the liquid or the the flow the energy whatever you want to describe it as going from one to the other because then mm-hmm. the next step would be the reverse of it because it's never right. one way it's always you do this and then you move it but you caught this particular image in like a, a photograph at a particular moment so right uh, so yeah I was kind of like yay I get it and sometimes when you see things it's it's um you get it when you start doing this kind of a explanation. You find that you're talking about things, and then it means more, even though you know mm-hmm. it in your head and you use it with whatever you choose to, whether it's personal evaluations or uh, professional uh, work. Uh, it just sort of comes back at you, and, and it was interesting because this is about balance, and you know mm-hmm. that kind of equilibrium of back and forth not the balance of stationary right right and I think um it's important to note that the um the angel is dressed in white um and it is described as androgynous although it is in many decks the temperance card tends to be a more feminine or female figure but in the Rider Waite Smith deck, it's, it is very androgynous, and that that triangle is more than just a triangle. It's like it kind of looks like a patch in the middle of the dress, um, but mm-hmm. it's a, a, a tetragrammaton. So it's a square with a triangle in it, which is a symbology from um, the Odia Oto and these other fraternal orders, where you know it has a lot of spiritual significance. But it's an interesting note that in more modern versions of this deck, um, artists tend to leave that piece of symbology out. You don't usually see that very often um, in other decks, right? So um, the other thing that's important is this, this card is called temperance, which is the virtue of temperance, which is one of the cardinal virtues of Christianity, um, and it is it means self restraint, right? Temperance is a, mm-hmm. is about restraint and holding back. And so many believe that this pouring of from one cup to the other is a representation of dilution, of of wine and water, and diluting the 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 boozy nature, the alcoholic nature of wine, and making it more um, diluted and less inebriation creating. You know. Um, but again, like we said every time, every color means something, every symbol means something. Um, all of it has significance. Right, right. And it is one and of the oldest of all of the major arcana cards. The the temperance card or La Temperanza is 
in the oldest decks. It, it's always been a part of the decks. Um, and it used to be number six or seven. Um, it wasn't until the Tarot of Marseille came along that it got moved to the to number 14 that it is now. Um, mm-hmm. And in the Thoth deck, which is another real popular deck, it's called Art rather than Temperance, which I think is real interesting because, you know, that deck was created by Aleister Crowley, who is not a fan of Temperance in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, and it's it's definitely um, it's interesting because again, it's all about adaptation, and the basis of all practical work, especially hermetic, is you know adaptation um, to equalize, to adjust, to coordinate, to you know equilibrium. Um, but I again, if I'm going to go into any kind of a do do about it. Equilibrium doesn't mean stasis, no movement. Equilibrium right. means to move as this flow that you're, they're talking about. And right. I think that's there's a lot of ways you can reread a lot of the, the, the way it was described, but the end product means is that it's you adapt, you know, um, I'm going to give more of a prime example of what's going on in our present world right now here. Yeah. We adapt. We have adapted in since 2017. We have all adapted mm-hmm. to the potential of something happening with fire and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the need to have go bags, you know. And it's weird because California has had earthquakes. And you mm-hmm. don't run from earthquakes. You know, generally they're not exactly, you know, because they're pretty big and, you know, depending on what happens. And, and you, you, find, you have to find a place to be safe within the concept of everything else moving around you. Here, this is all about believing and what you need right. to do. And even in um, Arkansas, where, of course, I haven't been for this purpose actually, but talking to my daughter – tornadoes aren't about outrunning the tornado. It's more about finding right, a place right. to hunker down and stay out, you know, stay the course of not of, of whatever's going to happen. And I find that interesting because the energy between um, where we are normally as what we've had and where now the norm is here, it's very uh disconcerting and so this card represents that patient movement which I found right. interesting when we were we haven't planned any of the, the breaks or any of the things that we have done since we started this particular uh, series and it seems like all these come within an appropriate time maybe not necessarily what we would like but that's you know another ballpark but yeah absolutely yeah. yeah so that's that's kind of it and I was going to you know let you kind of go on because the, we can talk about the numerology and if you have it you can do it otherwise I'll wait till we get the Paul Foster case he's a trip I like him <laughs> yeah you know the, the I wanted to just talk about some of the um, symbology expand a bit a little bit on it you know there's this um, this card, this card is about restraint, but there, I feel like for me, I never, ever, ever, ever read this card as restraint or or cutting back or being, mm-hmm. um, you know, or not giving yourself freedom. Like you know, because like the temperance feels like such a the biblical description of the word temperance feels so restrictive and unwitchy to me. You know, but mm-hmm. if you look at the imagery and the symbology of all of the things in this card there's so much more interesting things going on you know the the angel is masculine and feminine it's transcendent of gender um that they're wearing that symbol of the triangle which represents humans and the square represents earth so it's a reference to being bound by the natural laws right she she, Mm -hmm. they are standing with one foot in the water and one foot on the earth, there's this idea of balance um, and flow and being connected 
to the powers of life. You know, pouring mm-hmm. things from one cup to another is also um, old symbology connected to alchemy, where we're forming one thing into another. And, you know, the original alchemists, we think of alchemy and alchemists now as like, you know, kind of like crackpot magicians who are trying to turn lead into gold, but they were the scientists of the day. They were very wise and learned people, and they wrote down their findings in coded language because they didn't want other alchemists to steal their formulas. So, Mm -hmm. you know, alchemy is an amazingly witchy but also scientific field, right, that we just don't give enough credit to. Um, there's also this, that, that pathway that is next to this angel is about the journey of life and reaching, ascending and reaching higher elevation, reaching because of that, that crown or that sun in the background. Um, Mm -hmm. It is really about your higher path and your connection to spirit and understanding your purpose. So this card has always felt much more spiritual and positive to me than, than anything else, than moderation or, or anything like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, of course, there is, you know, in even in the Rider deck, you know, they've got – it's kind of interesting because the uh, irises, which is basically what he replaced the, uh, the actual rainbow in other decks that uh, – in the Paul Foster case, BOTA, but – so you have Iris, the goddess of the rainbow, but you have mm-hmm. um, the idea of the crown, but it's between two peaks. And, of course, you realize that a lot of their symbology also refers and is coordinated with um, the Kabbalah. And so, of course, you know, it's the two peaks of mercy and severity, the same kind of things that you have with both the Hierophant and the high priestess, but in mountain form. And it has also been in other uh, cards that we have talked about, there have been similar peaks that they have that represent this. So, um, and again, I think that goes, you know, moderation, i.e. modifying, tends to be how you gain the, the entrance to enlightenment or ascension or whatever you're going to, you know, clothe it in. Uh, right crown so but it is a it is a wonderful card and i've all as i say i've always loved it and obviously i feel very close to it because it's the actual card for the the uh, zodiacal sign sagittarius and mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm a sagittarius so that means i kind of feel <laughs> And Sagittarians are not known for being temperate, right, or or being um, <laughs> patient or doing things in moderation, right? Like those are not right. like, the key words you associate with that sign. <laughs> it is true. Think of that wonderful horse-like image of riding out into wherever you're going, you know, taking off to the tall timber. And right. I, I find that, you know, You've got Jupiter as its, you know, ruling planet. So, of course, that's, you know, here. And, and there's, you know, certain things of the – it's mutable fire. So it is, you know, the third in the, the triad of elements fire. And uh, at this point, I think um, we're – that is the learning lesson of Sagittarius, but that is also what we need to learn is, is the moderation and – and not riding off helter skelter wherever we're going to go. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, but um, so let's see. What other things do we have here? Do we want to take our break right now? Because I, I don't know where we are in time. Yeah, that would probably be a good idea. We'll do that and be back in just a moment. Okie dokie. Radio Network 
America's Media Alliance, whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Ta-da! Yay, we're back, we're back, we're back. Uh, <laughs> interesting is that we were talking briefly, and you mentioned it's had different numbers. Temperance has had different numbers, and it's 14. Um, they talk a lot about um, dividing it and how they divide the, the concept of the number itself and, and the different aspects. And that's very hermetic. And obviously, the BOTA is very, you know, golden dawn and hermetic. But mm-hmm. um, just looking at it, it's a 10, which is, Ju- which is the Wheel of Fortune, which is Jupiter, the planet Jupiter, and it's the ruling planet of Sagittarius. And interesting is four, which, you know, is the emperor and um, very much, you know, uh, part of the balance. And so, you know, you have movement and, and balance. And I thought that was interesting. And they also divided up with seven, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of steps. And so there's a lot of, of other things that you can go into in terms of, as you were saying, the particular um, aspects of what this card has because the symbols of the triangle and the square, the symbol of the, the medallion, the sun at the top of, you know, uh, the forehead, the, you know, the crown, these are things that in the weight rider um, Right, wait, right or deck, uh, is part of it. They take it and kind of change it up a little bit in the uh, Paul Foster case, which when I started looking at it, it was kind of interesting because, of course, you realize that they have a, a seven-pointed star on mm-hmm. the uh, cloak uh, or the gown, and they don't have two cups. One technically is supposed to be silver and one is gold, masculine, feminine, that kind of thing. This has got a, a, a vase that's pouring water out onto a lion and a, uh, a torch with flames coming down and the, the, the Hebrew yod, which is flame, going onto an eagle um, in terms of that. And so you're talking Leo and Scorpio and some of the interesting dynamics of where that is in terms of how they see that symbology. So I was mm-hmm. like, going, this is very, very interesting. And um, my last statement for, for BOTA and, and Paul Foster Case's deck, um, the Samoth is the uh, Hebrew letter for this. And, of course, that's tent peg or prop, which sustains and preserves and maintains. And the, the intelligence of probation or trial. And if you think about what we are doing in temperance is we are tempering, we are trying different things. And yeah. So they kind of go more into that and they get very esoteric. But I think I'd like us to, you know, be more in keeping with the kind of energy that we we work with. And if you want to jump into your deck or if you have something more you want to talk about the rider deck, we can go with that. But I think this is a taste of everything. We can't get into the deep, deep, deep things that maybe would take two or three mm-hmm. hours to do. Well, what's interesting, is the, so I often share when we talk about the Major Arcana in our little series here, I share about the deck that I read with. Um, it's the Druid Craft Tarot deck written by... Um, Stephanie and Philip Cargom, who are Philip Cargom is the founder of the OBOD, which is a Druid organization. Um, and this deck is very much Druidy. <laughs> Druidy, I like that. Um, yeah, it's um, it, you know it, it's a lot of Celtic myth is woven into this deck. 
And in this deck, there isn't a temperance card. This card is called the Feralit card, and that's a, a Celtic Gaelic word. Um, I'm trying to – I have my little book for this deck open here. I don't um, – I wanted to find where they translate that word so I could tell you exactly what their intention was. Um well, he says here, the traditional name for this card is temperance, which comes from Latin uh, tempiere, which means to blend and harmonize opposing factors. This process is fundamentally alchemical and touches upon the theme of druidcraft depicted in the alchemical tale of Caridwin and Taliesin, a ritually enacted within the Great Rite. For this reason, Alistair Crowley wrote that this card represents the complement and fulfillment of the lovers which we can also see in the anticipation of the card's numerological counterpart, five, the high priest, whose desire is to reunite with his priestess. Um, so in this deck, it, this is like the ultimate positive symbol in this deck. This is like the best good omen you can get when doing a reading. It is about um, harmony and success. It's very auspicious to have this card pop up in a reading. And it is, um, you know, in the, in the Celtic systems, there's this idea, this concept of awen, uh, which is, you know, divine inspiration. It is receiving the, the gift of poetry, being struck by the spark of inspiration. Um, and this card represents that moment where you're waiting for awen to come, where you're waiting for that inspiration to, to download, basically, you know. Um, so this is a lot about allowing those pieces of yourself that you've compartmentalized, the things that you've separated and kept apart to allow union and merging and, um, conversation between those pieces of yourself that you may think shouldn't converse or shouldn't have a conversation. So, um, I think that's probably why I have this, like, because this deck so influences the way that I read, that um, I probably, I look at temperance more about that alchemical, magical, mystical um, shifting rather than something about restraint. Because a lot of what you find in other decks is that, you know, this is about bringing balance, but it's also about moderation and patience and, and bringing stability. And all of that, to me, when I hear all of those words, stability and moderation, it feels restrictive. But that's not really what this card is about. It's about flow. It's not about creating restriction. It's about opening up um, and creating balance even though you're opening up to the flow. It's like if you've ever stepped into a river or a creek, um, you know, and the water is flowing and you feel a little off balance and you have to walk kind of slowly. Otherwise, you could be knocked over by the current of the river. And if you've ever stood in the middle of a river or a creek and you find your right footing, and either if you're standing on rocks or you're standing in sand, even at the ocean, you get the right footing and you kind of sink in a little bit. And then the flow just kind of works with you. It's not fighting you. It's not trying to knock you down. You, you're not having to fight against it. You just find this moment of symbiosis, of balance, of connection. Like that's what this card is to me. <laughs> Love it. Well, and you know, here's, it's funny throughout, I mean, I use the witch's tarot, which again is um, pagan, more witchy, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and her, her, the iconic, the, never mind. We'll just say that the imagery of it is a female mm-hmm. angel with huge wings and she's got a flowing robe and her two cups she's flowing through is really got, it isn't just a straight line with little wavy lines to show that it's moving. I mean, it's got this big arc of flow, like this big, you know, almost like an S that she's flowing. And of course the standard, you know, one foot in the water, one foot on land and, you know, the, the rainbow and things. And the way I always read this is, is flow like an ocean yeah. wave. You know, and it's interesting you're talking, you know, how you're describing things and I'm thinking, well, that's pretty much how I talk to my clients when, you know, they're, this card comes up and there's this, this process that they're asking about, whatever it is, and it's like it's a flow. And, mm-hmm. you know, most of our clients always want to know 
time because that's usually very important in our linear world. Um, and I keep going, no, 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 no. You're asking something of a of an energy called spirit that doesn't have time. It doesn't exist. There is, you know, it is only this moment. So think of it as a flow, you know, yeah. without it in like an ocean wave back and forth, you know, but, you know, this this, this kind of figure eight-ish kind of a thing. And once I get people in that, I feel they they work better. And it helps remind me to work better because <laughs> I've noticed nothing comes out of my mouth that doesn't have some kind of peace there for me as uh, somebody who does readings for others in a professional way. And this card just reminds me of that. It just, it was like when I read that, both in my, what my deck talks about, and then even in the Paul Foster case, it's that flow. And then you just said it, and I'm like, okay, I think I've really got it now. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, the other thing I find interesting is, you know, when you, um, you know, we've mentioned this before, Elvira and I don't, read with reversals and um and if you want to know why listen to our last episode or ask for which episode where someone asked us why we don't read reversals and we shared um <laughs> but what you know often the reversal of, of any card is kind of the opposite or opposition type energy of what that card is but i feel like a lot of what i've read about reversals for temperance is that this is a an invitation or potential warning that you need to bring balance or moderation into your life. But perhaps there's a way that you're, you're overindulging in an area of your life and you need to rein things in. So, you know, this again goes to a place like the, the reversal is more about the restriction being required mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than the upright. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's, um, uh, yeah, I was actually, I was just reading, you know, what the reversals are. I mean, from my deck, it's behaviors and actions that are out of balance. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, then they throw the word addiction in, which right. is a, a behavior and um, actions that are out of balance, with whatever that, is, that may be, too, you know. I mean, those of us who love coffee can be very addicted to it, not just chemically because it does things to your body, but because of the other things that go with it. So, um, so yeah, I think that that's a, uh, an interesting way to, to, to look at things here. And it's, you know, even the reversals that are under riders, it's competing yeah. interests, unfortunate combinations, quarreling, corruption, separation, of course, I like this one, you know, po- uh, possibility of shipwreck. You know, your ship goes aground on something, which, again, is you're not paying attention to the currents that you're flowing in. Yeah. So, um, and anything else that you want to throw out? Because I know we've got other ways we can walk this. Um, um, let's, oh, you know what? I actually wanted to describe um, the card from my deck because the okay. artwork is very different. Let me pull open this so I can actually look at it. Um, so, again, this deck is called the um, Druid Craft Tarot deck by Philip and Stephanie Cargom. Uh, so in this deck, there is there's a woman, right, who's the main focus, and she's in a little hut, and there, right behind her is a window. So in the window, in the distance, you can see that Glastonbury tour, which is probably another reason I really love this card, because Glastonbury is like my favorite place in the world so far that I've been to. Um, and so you can see the tour, and there is a rainbow, which came up earlier. You mentioned the rainbow, right? Um the woman in this card is not an angel, but the goddess Bridget, um, Bridget of the flame and Bridget of the holy well. She is a druid alchemist. Um, and she is holding up a, a cup uh, and she's pouring like a glowing potion into the cup. And it's actually, she's pouring it from her right hand into her left hand, which is different than the Rider Waite deck. 
in front of her is a huge cauldron. Um, there's steam rising from the cauldron. There's steam rising from the potion. The, the liquid in her vessel is red. So there is this, um, and, and it's going into a, a white color, which red and white are symbols of Glastonbury, of the masculine and the feminine, of the red and the white springs. So there's a lot of, of Celtic mysticism here. Um, all around her hanging from the roof are herbs. Um, that are drying and uh, being processed. There are animal skins also hanging from the roof that are weighted down and they have different symbols on them. There's like a, 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 a Jewish star. I don't think it's meant to be a Jewish star, but that's what I always think of the Star of David shape. There's those holy stones, you know, stones with a hole going right through the middle of them that are considered good luck in um, Celtic myths. They're also called hag stones, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's also carved into the wall of her hut is a snake with an egg in its mouth, which is um, major symbology for renewal and rebirth. Uh, and there's also a broom leaning against the wall. So here we see the, the symbol of, of, of a basem, of cleaning, of spiritually cleaning, right? All of this energy. So there's just so much hidden symbology in this card that if you aren't up on the, the Druid symbology or some of the Celtic symbology, you might not even see or recognize. So that's mm-hmm. one of the things mm-hmm. that I find so fascinating and interesting about the different tarot decks is when you start to look more deeply at the symbology of what that artist picked. Like, why did that artist pick that? What is the, the meaning of it? What you know, because our originating deck here, the Rider Waite Smith deck, everything means something. Right. Um, you know, so you got to look at the other decks, even if the artist was like, oh, I'm just going to draw my interpretation of this. And they may not have necessarily intended everything to mean something. Well, it does now. <laughs> we're, we're, we're very much a part of doing that. If you notice that we put meaning to things. Um, whether or not we just want to say something happened. And I'm going to divert my attention just a moment to something that I was telling Phoenix before the show, is I had listened to her podcast class that she was doing uh, for Lilith, which was Tuesday right. night. And, you know, she was, the, 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 you know, the combination of what, connection Lilith has to the owl and and then you know we went into our meditation and and um, I told her something and what I was looking for and then I was asking her help and then we had to come back and she says I will I will I will send you signs do not worry you know so like that kind of thing and I went off and you know Wednesday came and went with all the trauma that we're doing and Wednesday night um my roommate came home, and I was getting ready to clean up the, the area where my dogs are at and let them out into their back little pen on the carport. And I opened the door, and I looked in. Of course, I have my uh, lights on, and there's this little black and white thing. And at first I thought it was a cat, but then it was very defined with the lines that tell you the white lines on its back. It's a skunk. And so I shut the door going, oh, my God, there's a skunk out there. And the dogs are all ready to run out there anyway. And I'm like, no. And so I, you know, of course, scared it. So it's great. (laughs) I found out that it's not only very accurate, it has three warning signs. I'm telling this in case somebody comes up against one, um, is they they stamp their feet and they make some noise. That's their first one. The second one is they stick their tail up in the air. And the third one is they look over their shoulder. And when you look over the shoulder, you have no time. It's, it doesn't take very long, and it's accurate, and it aims always to the face, and it can tell. Yeah. Well, obviously, I never got that way, but it does four, five to six squirts. It has the ability to do it immediately, you know, bam, 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 like a, a, a rifle or an automatic rifle. And I'm like, so I kept the door shut, and, of course, then it smells. And then I realized the next morning, because I never went out that way again, I, I got the dogs out the back, the front, and there's another pan, and and all that, and of course, it was all over. It was at the bottom of my car. It was on the dog pen. It was on the wall. You know, uh-huh. and of course, that kind of intensified my my oh my god. And my roommate says, "Well, they've been wandering around the park. They're looking for food and apples. And I have three apple trees, mind you. 
that have all dropped apples from Gravenstein to um, the green apples. I don't know if it's Granny Smith. And, of course, that's what they were trying. He was trying for. And I went, oh, yeah. okay. So I looked up Skunk and got a lot of information on it in um, the Animal Speak by Ted Andrews. But he also mm. refers to, this is why I was, like, kind of going, okay, that owls love to catch and eat skunks, especially mm. the great horned owl. And I'm like, then it mentions, by the way, this is what Lilith, you know, symbol of animals, totem for Lilith. And I'm like, right. well, she did tell me, and it, you know, and even though Ted Andrews' concern was, you know, visual and sensual and some other things, it's also protection because that's their way to protect themselves. And I was, you know, in the middle of all of what we're going on here, and I thought, well, she gave me my answer that no matter what else happens, I'm protected. I and my my animals are protected. So I thought, well, I wanted to share that not just as a feedback to you, Phoenix, about what happened, but how spirit, these cards with the different symbols on it, the different things, how that it really describes and discusses with you on a different level. You just have to be more adaptable and flexible to get it. Right. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, you know, that's fascinating because, you know, we're talking about real life symbols, but, you know, this is like part of paying attention mm-hmm. is, you know, looking at the symbols at uh, how they show up in different places um, and how they relate to what's going on in your life. That's super cool. Yeah, it, well, it is, it was, it is. But it's whenever these cards, and this is another one of those, when I get, we get involved and do this show and these cards come up and we read them and get information, then what happens is, is either it culminates the week that we've experienced prior to the actual show or very shortly thereafter there are some things that happen that we experience that are life real life experiences for us to get something in this, the information this card has talking about, or we have been talking about it on the air. So um, I think that's another thing to realize, just like we've talked about using this as a, you know, a personal journey and using each card and how you do that. It's also what we are on right now or, or, you know, for all of us is this process. So, be aware. I don't think you'll find lions out there. Though I have to say, um, my roommate showed me a video of, I don't remember where it was, but it was just, it was in the United States. It was a big bear, huge bear, went into a Safeway. And a woman uh-huh. filmed it, went into a Safeway and, wanted, and went through and got chips. Didn't just get any chips, it got tostada chips. <laughs> and it came out, and it went off with its chips. Right. So, you know, That's I thought, funny. that how, how visual can that be? How real? You know. That's, That's really funny. Yeah. So eat your tostada chips. One of the things I wanted to say before we wrap up here is, um, you know, the thing about the temperance card is that we, you know, we've talked about different ways to work with, with cards for your own, um, you know, meditation or to learn more about them by, you know, trancing into the card and meeting the characters and whatnot. But this is a card that's really good for personal work because it is about kind of finding your own balance and finding your, um, your place to connection and serenity and, and harmony and all of those delicious feel-good words, you know. So I find mm-hmm. that this is a really good card to connect to for that personal work. And that could, you know, look like printing out or pulling one out of your favorite deck and putting it in a place where you can regularly see it. Or if you're going to do some spell work for bringing some harmony and peace, incorporating this card and the imagery of this card into the working um, you know, I'm not excited about candle burning right now because of the fires, but, you know, you could <laughs> yeah. wrap a candle with this imagery and, and burn that for harmony and even adding, like, some lavender 
to the candles mm-hmm. to add to a little bit even more of that peaceful type energetic. But I find, um, you know, especially the major arcana because they are such powerful symbols. But, I, you know, this is like one of my favorite cards. This is the one that I'm always excited to see. I'm always pleased when it shows up. It, and a lot of that is the Druidcraft influence, but it does feel like a positive omen. And, you know, one of, this is kind of a sidebar, but one of the things that Elvira and I have talked about before as well is how when you read, you're, you're reading for the client, yes, but there's also something there's a message in there for the reader as well. So the reading might not be about me, but if I do four or five readings in one day and a specific card shows up for every reading, which has happened to me many times, I have Mm -hmm. to start looking at what that card might mean for me. It's not just about those clients. Now there's obviously something going on with me that I need to pay attention to. Um, and, And you know, that's, like the, the temperance card is another way to kind of access that as well. Like what is the message for me in this reading? What do I need to pay attention to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's truly, you know, I, I, I find it very interesting because the flow is the flow, the spiritual flow, the, the contact with whatever you want to talk about in terms of, um, deity or element or you know whatever and when you when you do that it it really you have to open your vision wider than the smaller narrower thing because there's so much that will come in that will mean something will really mean yeah. something and just you know rather than that one word that you keep focusing on and I know we've been trained to focus to manifest you know but just like this this is the archer and about the bow and the you know draw the bow you have to let that arrow fly you can't keep holding it you know and aiming it and holding it tight and aiming it you have to let go that's the other part of it is to let it go let it fly Yep. And I've never taken archery, so obviously I am not a pro at talking about exactly the, the way things work on doing archery, as I've always thought of doing it, but never fulfilled it. So, but I know the, I know what it energetically feels like. I don't know if that makes any sense because you know how do you do it if you have never done it before? But yeah, yeah, but, yep. So, and basically what we've got is um, we're coming close to our time. So is there anything else we want to throw out about these, um, uh, this card and, and what's going on? No, I feel like, you know, we've, we've dug deep into this and covered it. Um, you know, next week, as we mentioned a little earlier, we're going to be moving on to the next card, which is the devil. The devil—that'll be exciting. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've been continuing to get questions in for Ask the Witch, so I just want to name that too. Thank you, folks who are sending questions for our Ask the Witch segment. It'll be a couple more weeks before we do another Ask the Witch segment, but we always need new questions. So please do. Uh, if you go to our website, witchpriestesscauldron.com, there's a little um, form to fill out to let us know what your question might be and we'll try to get to it on our next segment yes and hopefully the way things run we will um all be safe as as this will find its way back into equilibrium here without devastating everything yeah trying to use positive words and things that give us more um sense of, of, I don't even know if the word is control, just sense of of peace of mind rather than freaking Mm -hmm. out. Um, Yeah, so there we are. So um, be safe, stay safe. Pandemic, if you're in the areas of fires or hurricanes or any of the natural elements that are kind of kicking up, please stay safe. And uh, we'll see you on the radio next next week. All right. Yeah. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.